Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode, or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. This is your life and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Josh Trent, welcome back to the Biohacking Secret Show. Man, it is such a pleasure. It's been a minute. We have so much ground to cover, Anthony. Thank you for having me. We do. And there are some new developments in your life. Tell us a little bit about uh, your girl and what you got in the way. <laughs> I'm overjoyed. Uh, today marks 38.5 weeks, so week 0.5 to full term. And uh, just the learning curve, Anthony you know, your world is mastery in biohacking and the world of parenting, it needs some biohacks. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that later on the show. Mm -hmm. But, um, the, you know, my son Nova, he's not even here yet. And, um, I think I've read this in many different books for, for parenting and even conception books. It's challenging for the father to feel the soul the same way that the mother feels the soul because, you know, he is in her. Mm -hmm. But I'm beginning now almost at her full term to really, to really feel his soul come in. And it's, um, it's quite a, uh, in just overwhelming feeling. It's an overwhelming feeling of love and, and gratitude and also a challenge. You know, it's the next stage as a, as a man, as a father, as a human being for me to be more spiritually and emotionally mature. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited, man. I mean, I've been calling this in ever since I was in high school and I'm 41 years old. And so now's the time. Beautiful, beautiful. What, what has been the, the biggest blessing so far and uh, conversely, the biggest challenge? I think the biggest challenge is just knowing how to be at peace and do my work to hold space for the feminine mm -hmm. and the ocean. You know, part of the reason why polarity exists is because masculine and feminine are opposite poles. And so the feminine is like the ocean. She can be huge waves and she can be still and calm. And as men, I'll speak for myself. I feel like sometimes we want the ocean to just be calm all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, it ain't like that. And so, <laughs> you know, learning how to be with and be at peace with uh, the ocean of the feminine, especially when there's hormones. Um, I think one of my guests, Alison Armstrong, she said that in her clinical research, when a woman's pregnant, especially when a woman's on her moon cycle, the brain gets flooded with 25% more estrogen. So there is a biological piece going on here in addition to just anecdotal emotional experience. So that's, that's been my learning curve, Anthony, is like, how do I be at peace with that? And, you know, I'm batting pretty good. I'm not batting a thousand, mm -hmm. but, um, but I'm pretty good, man. I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning a lot every day. Well, congratulations, brother. I'm excited for Nova's arrival and, um, Thank you. and some of the practices that have helped you to hold space for your wife and your, uh, your, your son to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's an exciting time, man. And I'm like, I'm, it's cool there, you know, those flags behind you, um, all of those flags have a unique meaning and, and 
there's so much depth and meaning in having a child and what that really means to be at peace. I believe those are peace flags, correct? Mm-hmm. Behind you? Yeah, they're uh they're they're my brothers, but yes. <laughs> ah, okay. So yeah. yeah, man, we're we're here for family. We're we're here to really just honor where we've come from. I just got back actually from a 10-day Native American vision quest, traditional vision quest. Wow. And I, I just got back about two and a half weeks ago. So I'm very fresh from the medicine mm-hmm. and not the kind of medicine you drink, you know, the mm-hmm. kind of medicine that only mother nature can provide and stillness mm-hmm. and water fasting can provide. So that's fresh in my consciousness as well, as is the art and science of breath work, you know? So that's, that's, I guess the nexus of where I am today, Anthony is like the child, bringing a child into the world earth side and all the different nuances of breath work, which I know that, that we're going to go into and that you have done an incredible amount of work on as well with yourself and your clients. So I'm stoked to learn from you too. Uh, and then the last one is just this concept of how do we honor our ancestors and how do we honor mother nature? We have really forgotten about our connection to the higher power, which is great spirit or God, however you want to describe it. And we've really um, been disconnected from mother nature for quite some time. So in the middle of all that is wellness. And today, you know, my intention with you is to unpack what that nexus is and how we can be in the middle of all that and, and enjoy the thing, you know, have a good mm-hmm. time and be loving to one another. Beautiful, beautiful. Tell us a little bit about this this vision quest that you were on. My brother's been on much more of a an earth based past. He's he's done an apprenticeship for almost a year with uh, a tribe down in Peru, wow. and um, it's brought him back to his place of birth. You know, spending a lot of time in nature, mm. making offerings, being being thankful for for all the things that mother Gaia provides us. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about your two weeks and some of the things that you did, what inspired you to go there. Yeah. You know, what inspired me the most was even with all my, we're coming out with the episode 400 soon, even with 400 interviews with people like you, people that are here on the planet to make others well and to make others better, even with all of that, I'm still at 41 years old and at 40 years old, right before I went on my birthday to the vision quest, it was in Idaho. That was the calling that drew me out there. Uh, Why I'm saying that as a pre-frame is because even with all the work I've done and with all the people that I know and with all the information that I have, there was still some residue of childhood wounding and projections that I would put onto my partner and even my work and my community and my friends. So I went out there with the intention of clearing up all the residue that I possibly could before my son arrived to the world. And and his middle name is Mauro. You know, Mauro was my grandfather's name. He was one of the first Italian American generals to be in the Marine Corps for World War II. And so it's an honoring of our past. You know, I named him Nova Mauro and then a week later, I was just reflecting on, I'm like, oh my God, Nova Morrow, there is no tomorrow. I didn't even make the connection. Like live in the moment, Nova Morrow, Trent, that honors my father that brought me into the world. And then it honors my grandfather, um, one of the first Italian-American generals in the Marine Corps. And so no one is perfect. None of our lineage is perfect. And I have my work cut out for me when I want my son to have a life free of my projections. That's what brought me out to the vision quest was me wanting to be as pure as I possibly can in body, mind, and soul. And that's honestly why if you look at the Native American tradition um, behind me, you can't see this, but over here, there's a red regala and um, that regala is worn when um, people in different faiths pass over from adolescence to adulthood. 
In other words, when a boy becomes a man. Mm -hmm. And so I got that out there that I earned my regala because I'll unpack what exactly a vision quest is, a specific 10-day native quest. Three days, you are disconnected from all technology, all distractions, and all parts of the lower self that are addicted to the monkey mind things that we call modern world or modernity. Mm -hmm. And when you go out there, Anthony, it's three days of like deep soul work journaling, sharing in groups, singing. This is a big one. Singing and praying over the fire, honoring ancestors. A day of a traditional Native American sweat lodge where huge lava rocks are blessed and then put into a, a big, uh, almost like an igloo type shape with blankets over it. And you're doing prayers and singing and prayers and singing and, and, and breathing breath work. And we're in there and you're just really purifying yourself right? The, the sweat lodge, as I'm sure you know, the sun and the sweat, sweat lodge have great physiological properties, but there is a cathartic emotional and spiritual process there too. And then after that, after all that work, then you go up on a mountain an hour away from the campsite. So literally you are in control of your own life. You are, if you get hurt, if something happens, you're on your own. And when you're out there in nature, all you get is four gallons of water, a sleeping pad, a sleeping bag, and a tarp just in case it rains. So I'm talking about no food, no fire, no flashlight, nothing, no distractions. And for four days of water fasting, the veil becomes very thin between the spirit world, the underworld, all the bugs, the snakes, the animals, the creepy crawlies, and also the 3D world, which you and I live on. So the veil becomes very thin. And I had some of the most powerful insights and in healing, specifically sexual healing, when I was out there with our great mother and it was profound, man. And then after that, after the four days in nature, then you do three days of integration and sharing and journaling and, and commitments. You know, some of my commitments I brought home uh, were very serious and those commitments I'm doing my best to, to show up for. So that's the vision quest. And um, I'm actually going to be interviewing the founder. His name's Tim. He's from Purpose Mountain. That's his company. And uh, his work is incredible. You know, I recommend it to people that potentially have had bad experiences with psychedelics. I have had, uh, I had a scare down in Costa Rica a couple of years ago where my psyche got fractured. Um, and you and I know the center. I'm not able to say them online here because they have a large legal team. So I'm not going to be able to say their name. But um, it's a place that has good intentions, but the road to hell can be paved with good intentions. And plant medicine is not for everyone. So it's really important that we all take an inventory of what we really want to achieve in this world, you know, from a heart place, not an ego place, and then go seek out the tools and mentors and places that allow us to do that. And I got a deep, deep, almost the most, I want to say almost, if not the most powerful experience just doing the vision quest that I ever did from any psychedelic I've ever consumed. That's fascinating. And, you know, my brother and I've had some conversations around this because both of us have also done plant medicine, largely thanks to you and, and some introductions that you made. Um, but what my brother's learned in, in, in part of his earth-based journey was that many of the shamans that work with Aya they're not drinking it in the same way that a, a lot of these more Western centers are giving it to the people that come there. It's, yeah. it's, it's used very sparingly in small amounts and it's used to help the shaman work between worlds and help people. But it's not like a hundred people that are all 
taking shots of plant medicine. You know what sure. I mean? It's it's sure. more of a facilitator than the the main focus of of the the act. Um, I feel lucky that I got out, honestly, mm-hmm. of, of that world. And, yeah. um, and a lot of people don't make it out. Yeah. Because what we're really looking for is connection with spirit. That's what we're looking mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. And you can find that in ayahuasca, but you can find that a lot of other places as well um, without stuffing yourself with unearned wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, there's a number of people that I know that have had very challenging experiences and gotten back, thankfully, right. but it's right. definitely not for everyone. And, and it's, it's buckle up, baby. <laughs> yeah. The way that it's the way that plant medicine is being done right now is it's not sustainable either. Correct. You know, the way that whether we're talking about ayahuasca or, or Bufo, um, it's, it's not sustainable for mother Gaia, the, the, the rate of sure. harvest, um, whether and I'm not anti psychedelics. Yeah, no, me neither. I, I think when set and setting and intention and heart is pure, Mm-hmm. And there's a, and there is a deep reverence to mm-hmm. connect with the true spirit, not a false deity. Mm-hmm. Then yes, I think that it has time and a place for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a learning curve to get there, you know. And I think on the road to psychedelics, people need to understand float tanks. People need mm-hmm. to understand vipassana, loving kindness meditation. Mm-hmm. Maybe a twenty x event with Mark Divine. Like there's a road of of learning how to be with yourself before you blast off into outer space. Yeah. That's, that's what I was just going to ask you about. Like, how did you, the, the modern technology that we've become so accustomed to using in effect, I don't want to say steals our consciousness, but it, um, it requires all of our consciousness when we're using these devices. Sure. The three days that you were unplugged, what was, what was your response? Was there, was there almost a drug withdrawal effect? Um, was it, you know, kind of take us through what, what you kind of went through there. So actually now that I'm, uh, presencing this again with you, it was a hundred hours. So first light of day one, we go out to the site and then we come back on the morning of the fifth day. So it's a hundred hour water fast in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, pr- the profoundness that I experienced was that the first three days I got there, we already didn't have phones or distractions at all. So we were titrated off of our electronics. And so by the time I got out to just be with mother nature and just be out there in nature, my system was already primed to just be with what is to listen mm-hmm. to the trees, to watch the ants. I mean, it's so fascinating, Anthony. The, the birds and the bumblebees and the flies and the ants and the bugs, every, everyone has their place. It's mm-hmm. so beautiful to watch. Oh my God. And they're, and they're busy, but they're not stressed. Mm-hmm. Nature can sometimes be busy, but nature rarely is stressed. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge lesson for me. Like there are so many metaphors and there is so much wisdom that mother nature can provide us. And this is not you and I sitting around a fire wearing like crystals around our neck going, look at mother nature. I love that part of our existence, but I think where you and I operate is in one half spirit, one half practical. Mm -hmm. There is a practical healing and a spiritual healing that happens when people go into a four day process like this. And, And honestly, I loved it. There was a part of me when I left my sit spot on that, on the morning when the sun cracked the horizon, I was like, damn, I don't want to leave. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go back to my cell phone and my calendars and my responsibilities and my P&L sheet. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, there was a part of me that, that didn't want to return. 
because there is incredible peace out there, a kind mm -hmm. of peace that once you touch it, um, you just want to go back mm -hmm. because it's, it's, as you know, like addiction is really just a, dis a disconnection from self, right? And this Gabor Maite's work. So addiction is the opposite of human connection. Well, we all need to be for our own healing as a society, more connected to mother earth. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't think that I'm addicted to nature. And if I was, whatever, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think that nature can bring us back to self in so many powerful ways. And I'll tell you, Anthony, brother, this phone, this phone, it, it allows me to do things that my ancestors couldn't do, but it also hijacks my brain and my psyche and my consciousness in a way that my ancestors never had to fight against. Mm -hmm. So we're in, we're in a pretty radical duality. You know, it's up to us to consciously choose how we're going to allow technology to remove us from nature, remove us from God. And uh, by the way, God is not a bearded dude in the sky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not like there's a version of Anthony up there sitting on a cloud watching everyone go by like a Gestapo in the sky. Mm -hmm. um, God is an all-knowing omnipresent force that created all things that time does not apply to. That, mm -hmm. That's really what God is. Yeah. And so it's a long answer to your short question because your short question unpacks something that's really deep for our society right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I resonate a lot with what you're discussing. I know a lot of other business owners do too, where I've felt this desire to simplify and really strip down a lot of the responsibilities and um, not, I don't, I don't want to say responsibilities. I've, I felt a desire to simplify my life and increase the life density. Um, you know, if you kind of go back three or four years, I was living in a high rise in downtown Chicago. And we just now purchased 65 acres in Western North Carolina. Wow. Um, and wow, it's, that it, sounds gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful. It it's beautiful, but it's raw land. And and yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to putting in roads and, you know, my brother and his wife are going to be building a cob house with earth and, and I'm going to be building a log house I and picking it. each tree and, and, and being much more intentional. And I've just looked at how much over these past few years I've allowed my day to be filled with interfacing through electronics and, and I'm feeling this desire to like, yeah, there's a lot of fat here. Mm -hmm. How do I simplify? How do I truly determine what is essential for me based on what I value and, um, and, and, you know, what I want to surround myself with. Um, yeah. And it's not you on spreadsheets that? and P and L's and no, you know, and I guess really what we're talking about and where you and I sit is at this intersection of responsibility mm -hmm. in modern day society and our spiritual and, and purpose-based pursuits, mm -hmm. you know, how do, how do we truly embody? And this is what I talk about in my work with my clients all the time. Um, is, is this arc of real intelligence. The arc of intelligence is not just how many PhDs you have, what kind of masters you have, how many books you've read, how many episodes of biohacking secrets you've, you've watched. Like it's really about your ability, your capacity to gather information, mm -hmm. to apply that information. And then most importantly, what we're all working on, man, is, is the embodiment. Right. Mm -hmm. We, we want to gather, we want to apply and we want to embody, but most people, most people get stuck in the gathering. And then when they do look at the rest of the arc of intelligence, they'll try to jump right to the embodiment and, and fake mm -hmm. it until they make it. Mm -hmm. 
and we're all missing the application here that where we earn our wisdom is where we shed our tears, where we sweat, where we suffer, where we go through ordeals. The hero's journey exists for a reason. Separation, initiation, and return has three parts, just like the real phase of intelligence. And that is gather, apply, and embody. We have a lot of people out there that are false prophets that are mm -hmm. trying to embody unearned wisdom that they really have no business speaking about. Right. And, and I can say that from my own experiential learning. And I wish somebody would have told me this in 2014, you know, when I first got into like the podcast world and I was like, I know all these things. Cause I've read all these books. I didn't have the experience. Mm -hmm. I hadn't gone through, I hadn't puked in a bucket mm -hmm. with ayahuasca. I hadn't gone and, and done mushrooms in nature and cried I hadn't connected with my dark shadows. I hadn't done the deeper emotional intelligence work so that I could hold the responsibility of what you're talking about. And that is how do we make decisions every day and what tools do we, do, do we lean on and depend on, you know, breath being one of them so that we don't become victimized by this. Mm -hmm. We're not a the victim phone. to this. Yeah. The phone, mm -hmm. like we're not victimized by the phone. We're not victimized by our calendar. You and I aren't a victim, but we do have to be strong enough to hold the responsibility. You know, Absolutely. and I think that that's where we are. And, and that's, that's the deeper conversation. Mm -hmm. And there's a stark difference between the acquisition of information through learning or listening and the application of processes that allow energy to move and, and allow you to process some of the things from your past and, and, you know, go to some of the places in your physiology where energy may be stuck and breathe into it. And, um, and, and, and sort of purify as you've been doing. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about breath work and where breath work falls in, um, in, in this process of self-actualization and becoming a better, more optimized human being. Yeah. I feel like really what breath is, is it's like, it's the most ancient wisdom we have for the modern day stress mm -hmm. we experience. We are, and I'll just make a quick contrast. I'm sure you've explored this part of the nervous system on your show, but it's honestly great to just go over again quickly. In our body, we have this automatic or autonomic nervous system. And in that nervous system, there are two halves that control a lot of the way that we show up in life. So on one half of our, of our nervous system of the automatic or autonomic, we have the parasympathetic. This is where we can like relax. And, you know, right now with you, it's engaging, but I'm relaxed. Um, when we hug our child, when we hug our family, that's, that's a parasympathetic activity. It's a calming and it's, it's the way that our body digests food. On the other half of our body, we have the sympathetic nervous system. This is fight, flight, or freeze. That's a big mm -hmm. one. A lot of people don't realize that when we go through trauma in life, um, a lot of times that'll set us up to be tilted over to sympathetic for, for a long time if that trauma is not cleared. So why am I saying this? I'm saying this because breath in our automatic or autonomic nervous system, it is the only lever that we can pull. We can't digest our food faster. We can't think our heart to beat faster unless you're like a Shaolin monk. You know, maybe maybe they can do it because they're really good at stuff like that. But the average person, like the only thing we can do that's both voluntary and involuntary is, is our breath. It's the only thing we have control over. And that has a direct response on the capacity of our adaptive, adaptive stress. You know, how do we adapt to stress? The capacity for the way we can adapt to stress is either um, constricted or expanded by conscious breathing. And, and that's really in a nutshell what breathing is. It's a lever you can pull to control your own stress response so you don't become a victim of your own biology. 
Mm-hmm. And I've never actually said it like that. Like I just said it like that with you. Cause I was just, I'm just here with you. You know, I'm present. Mm-hmm. I've never explained it like that, but that's, that's really what it is. We, we, we can become victimized. I'm holding the phone up again by our own biology, by our amygdala, by our PFC and our posterior cingulate. We can, be, we can become just burdened with stress response. We can become a, a bundle of nerves that are just reacting to life all the time. The breath starts to go in there when it's done correctly. And there's, and there's three big phases of breath that I can unpack a little bit, especially the cathartic breathing, but even the acute stress breathing or the meditation style breathing, like all these things can start to unlock our nervous system and really dude, unwind these stress responses that we've built up as a medium of survival. That's essentially yeah. what breath is. Yeah, we've taken on so much more stress in our modern living that most people are walking around in a state of sympathetic dominance, you know, just chronic fight or flight or, you know, fight, flight, flee or freeze, as you say. Yeah. And making increasing parasympathetic tone and, and having practices for rebalancing the, the autonomic nervous system is, is critical, especially for people that are living in big cities and aren't able to get out in nature as much and slow things down and disconnect and, and, you know, just observe and learn lessons from, from life. So maybe you can talk to us a little bit about the, the different types of breathing. I'll share some, you know, I'll, I'll chime in here and there, yeah, but I yeah. want to, I want to know, like you've, You've created a course at breathwork.io because you went so deep in this. And, I went deep, and man. Yeah, yeah I, I'd, I I'd love to hear a little bit of like some of the things that you've learned and some sure. of the things that our listeners can apply for making that switch or at least, you know, toning down some of the sy- sympathetic dominance that that is epidemic today. In 2016, I did this event. It was called the Unbeatable Mind Retreat. And it was with Mark Devine in San Diego. I lived in San Diego at the time. <laughs> and I know you can feel this and most of us can resonate with this. Have you ever done something or have you ever made a decision? And then three to five years later, you look back and you realize exactly why you did it, but you didn't know exactly why you did it in the moment. Do you know what I mean? You make a decision. It's not super clear. There's just a gut feeling as to why you did it. Yeah. I did that in 2016. I have on my arm here, this is in Italian and it's se posso respirare, posso scegliere. And in Italian, that means if I can breathe, I can choose. Se posso respirare, posso scegliere. If I can breathe, I can choose. Because I just got chills. And I didn't know why I got it. I had a, a huge cathartic release. I didn't even know what breathwork was in 2016. I was like, mm-hmm. what is this? Mm-hmm. Why am I laying on the ground with a bunch of special ops guys and crying? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but what the hell is going on here? Why is my eyes watering, but I, I don't know what's happening? And something unlocked in me there. And I'll never forget when I got the tattoo, I wanted it to be a reminder of what I had just felt because it was a release that I received without any drugs, without any stimulation. I mean, just me and my breath and my body and my thoughts. That was potent. And so that was 2016. That was a little bit over five years ago now. Wow. Isn't that crazy, man? 2016 is five years ago. So that, uh, that started my journey. And then, you know, every couple months or so, I would go to a workshop and I would kind of dab my toes. And then I found out about um, this breath work called Soma Breath. And I did a month long in 2018. I went out to Thailand and I did a super deep dive for a month. I stayed out there in Koh Phangan and I did um, a lot of training 
to become a practitioner of the breath. And when I got home, I realized that a lot of the things that Soma taught were great, but they weren't really for the average everyday person. They were for the more yoga esoteric person. And it's no knock on Niraj. I, I got lots of love and respect for Niraj. Um, then I went to other trainings and I would start to explore with Gwen Payne in Sedona as breath is prayer and then work with Anahata Ananda and her shamanjalic healing breath. And then I came back to the United States and, and I got traveled out to Costa Rica to do some breath work with Christian Minson. And so I started to learn from all these teachers. And then what really clicked when I, when I interviewed Dan Brule, who, who teaches breath mastery, he was like, the breath breathes you. You know, and I heard, I had heard it a couple of years before from, from Coot Blackson on the podcast. He was like, you know, you're not breathing yourself, right? Something else is breathing you. Spirit is breathing you. Higher intelligence is breathing you. And all these little experiences, Anthony, they, they came together and they amalgamated. And uh, I'll never forget this. It was actually one of the gifts that I received from the dark night of the soul from that place in Costa Rica. At three in the morning, I shot out of bed. I had just done four days of, of ayahuasca. And I just felt this pull and I went on my computer and I purchased breathwork.io and it was available. And I did that because all of this awareness came to me at once. You need to teach people how to breathe because you need to learn how to breathe properly yourself. So mm. you need to be an embodiment of the work you're doing in the world. Mm -hmm. and, and that was it. So for the next two years, um, I worked on the research with the Safe CBD and the cannabidiol and how CB1 and CB2 innervate with the vagus nerve and how that plays with the enteric nervous system. And I wanted to give people a tool they could actually use that would, would help them de-stress for the long term. But I had to do it myself first, right? Because, I mean, what else can we do? We have to be in integrity. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we don't have to be, but I chose to be. And mm -hmm. so over the next six months, this is like uh, 2019, I did a lot of practices with, with clients. I did a lot of pro bono. I saw which breath styles worked. I saw that people essentially needed either energizing breathing or calming breathing. That's mm -hmm. what most people need. Most yeah. people need to learn how to breathe like a box or breathe like a circle. That's mm -hmm. the majority of people. That's 90% of people. 10% of us, if we're willing, if we've done some kind of um, catharsis work at all, whether it's ketamine-assisted psychotherapy or whether it's any kind of psychedelics or maybe a Vipassana, something, then you're ready for what I call catharsis breathing. And, and maybe you've talked about this with like Wim Hof style breathing, things like this. So all that said, it took me uh, almost a year and a half to then sit down, film the program from my own experience and from hundreds of hours of clients and really create something that I believe everybody can use, not just for the yogis, not just for the spiritual people, and they can use it too, but this is for like the mom in Alabama who just needs to be calm right now. Like, mm -hmm. like that's who this program is for. So I built Breathe Breath and Wellness so we can really learn how to use the most powerful tool we have so that we cannot be a victim to our own biology. And, and that's where the program came from. And in that program, we, we go over the three styles, which maybe we can get into a little bit. But the first one is really just acute when, when you and I are stressed, like, um, have you ever spoken on a big stage? I think you've spoken on big stages before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I spoke to around 3,000 people at Funnel Hacking Live in yeah. 2018. Okay. I shared the stage so with that, Tony Robbins and stuff. Yeah. 
So that's a big moment. So there, I'm, you might have done some breath work before you got on that stage, I assume, in some way or centered yourself somehow. Yeah. There, there's specific breath work when we go through acute stress. It could be fighting with a spouse, being in traffic, uh, public speaking. It could be um, panic attacks. There's emergency style breathing. There's a lot of different ways to calm the nervous system. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of ways to energize the nervous system with the breath because we are all energetic beings. But if energy in our body gets stuck, we need acute style breath work. And that either is box or circle. And then there's meditation breathing. Meditation breathing is where there's longer sessions. You know, cathartic breathing can be like one minute to seven minutes. Um, Meditation breathing can be upwards to 20 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. taking yourself through box and circle and breath hold retentions. And then the, and then for the 10% of people, which I know that that's going to grow, but right now I recommend that not everybody does the catharsis breath work. Um, there can be an emotional release. There can be a, a very large release of trauma and a very large release of stuck energy. So those are the, on a high level, dude, those are the three ways that we breathe, you know, the mm-hmm. acute, the meditative and the cathartic. Beautiful. And let's, let's dive into some of those and give people a couple small tools that they could take away, maybe some practices. And then sure. of course they've, for, for those that want to go deeper, you've got breathwork.io. We've got a biohacks discount code where they can save 25%. Um, I'm going to kick us off with just a, a little bit, and then I'm going to let you elaborate on it. So cool. my, my understanding, my basic understanding with breath work is that if you're trying to calm yourself down, if you're feeling a little agitated or stressed, you focus on a longer exhalation. Um, and conversely, if you are trying to energize yourself, there's a little bit more emphasis on the, the inhalation. Um, and I know that's an oversimplification, but I wanted you to kind of take it and run with it. And, and, you know, so that people, whether they're driving, whether they're going to an important meeting, if they're feeling like they need to calm down if they're feeling like they need to ramp themselves up they have some 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 tools and basic understandings and mechanisms underlying those um, practices the best way that i could explain it anthony is if you're needing energy focus on breathing in that's Mm -hmm. really what the the box style breathing is meant to bring you down to earth Mm -hmm. the circular breathing you know like the That's bringing you up. That's pulling energy up the meridians, up the chakras. So it's hitting your top two. So Mm -hmm. the circular breathing I've found in the acute style and also in the meditative style, the circular breathing is where you're pulling energy up because Mm -hmm. it's repetitive and there's no stopping. Circular breathing is is essentially called conscious connected breathing, which I'm going to give credit to Dan Brule for. That's his Mm -hmm. term. Conscious Mm -hmm. connected breathing means there's no pause. So that's for energizing breath. For grounding breath, like the Navy SEALs do, and I learned this from Mark Devine back in 2016, our box breathing is where we go five seconds in through the nose, five second hold, five second exhale. But I, I tune in for the breathe program, audible sound. I have clients mm-hmm. and students do an audible sound because there is a, a mind to body connection when you go, ah. Mm. Your, your ears hear you relax. Your body feels you relax. You're in, whenever you can engage more of the senses in breath, could be like being on a, a healing mat while you're doing the breath work. You're more calm. Any way we can engage the senses. Maybe it's, um, you know, like some sage or um, some supplements or just mm. some scent in the room. The more, the more, you know, senses we have, the better we are. 
So the circle is for energy up into the head so you can be energized for your day. The box mm -hmm. is for grounding you. And, and that's what Navy Special Warfare people do when they're about to go to a battle. Their, their mind is racing. And when, the, mm -hmm. and when our minds are racing in life, we get to do the box style breath. And there's another piece to this too that's intelligent. And that is when you start applying what's called breath hold retentions. Breath hold retentions are where you can be at peace with your stress. So you breathe in through the nose, which is a sympathetic activation. Mm -hmm. And if you read, um, who's the author of breath? James Nestor. He's, he's very popular right now. If you read his work, he talks about, and Dan Berlay talks about this too. There is spherical, um, there's a spherical construction in our nose and it actually tunes and shapes the air so that it can be filtered and pulled down to the lungs. And so it can be used for our body for fuel. So when we take a big belly breath and that's the key, and I can go over this a little bit. When we breathe through our belly, when we pull in through our nose, we are activating, we are being, we are starting the, the process of being at peace with our stress. So for example, mm -hmm. if I go, <sighs> in through the nose, out through in, the mouth, in through the nose, out through the mouth. And that's key. That's key because we have, be, we have become disconnected from our nasal passages, just like we become disconnected from nature. Mm -hmm. If you look at a baby, Anthony, when a baby's born, like when my son's born, if you plug a baby's nose, a baby will start to choke. Now, why is that? Why is it if you plug a baby's nose that they'll choke? Well, it's because they were built from higher intelligence to breathe through their nose primarily. When we're at rest, just like you are now, you're relaxed. Your mouth is, is gently closed. You're, you're, you're present. You're not, you're not listening or, or watching like, like this. <sighs> our mouth isn't open when we listen. We're breathing through our nose. So if we want to listen to our body and what our body's trying to tell us, we have to close our mouth gently and, and breathe through our nose. And there's a lot of nuance there to unpack, but essentially that's the beginning of this work is knowing how to breathe. We can talk about the, the diaphragmatic breathing and, and how the muscle structures are there too. That's really important to know. Um, there's so much, it's such a great field and really we're just, we're just rediscovering the potency of this now. You know, mm -hmm. in Ayurveda and in the, in Asia, they've been doing it for thousands of years, thousands of years. Mm -hmm. But, um, here in the West, we're just like, oh yeah, <laughs> I guess we could do that thing that, um, you know, God gave us, I guess we could do that better. Mm -hmm. and, and that's honorable. Yeah. So that's yeah. And, and you're, you can start to make connections where, you know, certain biohacks like taping the mouth while you sleep so that you breathe only through your nose. A lot of times yes. people notice that their heart rate variability improves, their sleep had, scores improve. Have you had success with that? Have you done that with the mouth taping? I did it for a while and my sleep routine got ridiculous for oh. for, for a long time. And then I've, I've, I've kind of come back to simplifying everything. Cool. Um, and, you know, I even had a lot of guys also resonate with this or had, you know, have had similar experiences where playing sports growing up, you get cracked in the face yeah. and you get, you know, your nasal passages get misaligned. Yep. Um, recently, I was down doing doing some work and hanging out with Dr. John Lawrence in Sarasota, who owns Advanced Rejuvenation, and he makes some incredible products. And we were doing some um you know, some medicine and, and he offered and he said, have you ever done like balloon sinoplasty? Mm. And I'd heard about it, but I'd never done it. I've done it. And this. you have. Yeah. I had, a I had a process. 
Yeah. Where they actually went in there with balloons and cracked open my sinuses. I had yes. severe chronic sinusitis my whole life. I took tw- 20 years of antibiotics just destroyed me. And yes. uh, it's, it's a, it's a, no wonder I was brought to the breath. Right. For the, for, I, I'm just like, have a, you have a great show. I'm just like on your show, having these like realizations live yeah. on your show. Of course I went to the breath. I couldn't breathe for my whole life. Right. I literally me, couldn't breathe out of my nose. Me, me neither. Until Makes like it, my late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's amazing. And, you know, he, he went in and opened everything up and for half a second, you feel like your nose is breaking, but then it's like a whole world opens up. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Balloons, balloon sinuplasty is potent. Mm-hmm. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I forgot how we even got here in the conversation, but oh, cause we we're talking about the nose. We're all, you know, if you plug a baby's nose. So man, my, my nose was plugged mm-hmm. for so, for Mine so too. long. For Mine so long. Too. And I wondered why I was stressed. It's because I never could be at peace with my stress. I could never actually go like this. I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. I, I didn't have it. And if mm-hmm. I did, it was maybe halfway and my shoulders were rising. I wasn't mm-hmm. breathing through my diaphragm. My diaphragm mm-hmm. didn't have space. Mm-hmm. So it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. I, I had to personally go back and and relearn how to breathe, which yeah. as someone that had played sports was a little humbling. Um but, you know, maybe talk us through a little bit of, of the proper mechanics of, of a breath. Yeah. Okay. Here's the, here's what I want to say when we breathe and I'm at my, my studio desk here. So if I stood that you wouldn't really be able to see it in the camera, but just visualize this. Your diaphragm is a dome shaped muscle that sits below your lungs. Mm -hmm. And so if you can visualize this, um, a good thing might be to think about a zebra. How does a zebra breathe? A zebra has a bellow or a dog or a cat. You ever watch a dog and a cat, like a dog pant? Dogs aren't breathing up. They're breathing out. All animals, which we are, we're an animal, dude. We for, People forget this. We're a beast. Mm-hmm. We breathe out naturally, but through sedentary lifestyle, computers, driving, phone, forward flexion, kyphosis, all this stuff. We've been trained to breathe from our scalenes and our sternocleidomastoid and our pecs instead of our diaphragm, which is our belly. And really, if you think about it, um, you're not necessarily breathing through your belly, although you are, you're really just giving the diaphragm space to open and close and move your internal organs. That's what breathing through your belly means. It's not like your diaphragm is behind your belly button. You know, your diaphragm is more situated like on the first uh, rib or two of your of your rib cage and by your sternum. That's really mm-hmm. where the diaphragm is. So this dome-shaped muscle, when the diaphragm contracts and expands, there has to be room for it to contract and expand. There also has to be a um, motor control function from the brain, you know, the afferent and efferent nerves from the brain. They have to be connected to the diaphragm and they have to be connected to all the intercostals and the transverse abdominis and all these muscles that that have to be awakened in order for to breathe properly. Mm-hmm. So what I do, and I just had a guy here for an intensive, I put him on the ground, we did the healing mat, went in the sauna, I took a blanket and I put a five pound weight on his belly. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want you to, to practice pulling that weight towards your spine. And I want you to practice pushing that weight up to the ceiling. And it took about 45 minutes, but he got it. And he started mm-hmm. to understand, oh, I breathe here, not here. Mm-hmm. I don't breathe here through my chest. I breathe here through my belly. And that started to open up his diaphragm. So his diaphragm could, could breathe properly. And I find a lot of people can get a lot of benefit by laying down to learn how to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, when, we're, when we're seated, most of us are kyphotic. You know, we're leaning forward. 
Um, I'm actually on a chair right now. That's really cool. It's a, it's a chair that I can sit in a meditation position to, mm. to do this interview yeah. because my spine is straight and I can be present with you and I'm not uncomfortable. So that's the musculature, the intercostals, um, the lungs, the diaphragm, but all of this has to be cued properly so that people have a mind to muscle connection for it to actually make sense to them. And then from there, once you have that foundation, then you can start really getting into the box breath, the circular breath, the breath hold retentions and on and on and on, which is like, and I don't want to complicate this for people. You guys in three to seven minutes, you can freaking change your entire state. And in three weeks, you can change your whole life. This isn't a, a sales pitch. This is my experience. Mm -hmm. Like my experience and the hundreds of people that are in the program, we're all seeing and feeling the same thing in the same way that I'm sure you have when you've done your retreats, Anthony, when people learn how to breathe, they unlock parts of themselves that they had forgotten. Old traumas come up. I mean, it's incredible. It's so healing and it's free. Once you know mm -hmm. how to do it, you make a little investment in education. It's free. It's amazing. It's so powerful. Yeah. And, and a lot of times we, we need to bring awareness to some of these things like, um, reverse breathing. There's a lot of people yes. walking around who, you know, maybe you could speak on that a little Absolutely. bit and, and how some of these processes, like you described with, you know, with putting the weight on the belly and, and observing yeah. your client, you know, I've had many clients where they would exhale and their belly would go out mm -hmm. and they were wondering why they were stressed all the time. Yeah. You God, know? for me, I like can't even do that if I tried because I've trained right. myself, but I get it. Um, a little scientific, but I'm cool with that. And I'm sure you are because this is the biohacking secret show. Like you guys talk about science quite a bit. So I'll start from the brain and then I'll finish with the belly. Mm -hmm. Anything that we do on a regular basis, our myelin sheaths and our, and our, our structure in the brain, it literally gets grooved like a trail in the forest. Mm -hmm. So anything you do, whether it's checking your phone all the time or yelling at your spouse or taking the same way to work. You know, mm -hmm. you can do it without directions after a while. Well, why is that? <laughs> why, why can you, why can you do all of these things without having to think about doing them? It's because they've literally been encoded in your brain structure, in the gray matter of your brain. Mm -hmm. So all these axon terminals and all these little pathways are created. We have to literally unlearn, unwire, unwind all of these ways of thinking and being that are freaking unconscious. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the research out there states that even 90% of our thoughts drive us from an unconscious place. I mean, that just blows me away, man, mm -hmm. to think about how we're all day long, 90% of what we're doing is unconscious. Oh my God. We have to go down into the subconscious on a, on a uh, biological level, like with the axon terminals and the ways that things are grooved. And we also have to go there from a spiritual level and mm -hmm. spiritual maturity comes from a place of kneeling at the altar of humility that we don't understand everything. And we are just human beings on earth with thousands of species of other creatures. And, and that there is an honoring there. And there is also a humility there that a lot of people don't want to feel. Mm. And when people kneel at that altar of truth and they go, okay, I'm not breathing properly. I have an improper breathing pattern. Why is that? That's the best place to start. Once you have humility and you're open to changing your, your biology and your spiritual connection, mm -hmm. then you can start this process. Then you can, the best way to do this is first release the paraspinals. Lay on a mat or lay on the ground with your foam roller vertical on your spine. 
and do some clock tower movements or just get your, get your pecs to open, get used to feeling what it's like to have your chest open and your thoracic spine extended. Most mm-hmm. people, their thoracic spine is like this. They're curved forward. Mm-hmm. We need to extend our thoracic spine, have our thoracic spine be open, lay on a mat for honestly like five to 10 minutes. Just lay there and just feel how good it feels to open your chest and have your thoracic spine extended. Oh my God, that's just, that's juicy. It's amazing. From mm-hmm. that place, then put the weight on your belly. I'm doing like a little masterclass here on, on biohacking secrets, but it's, but it's so simple. Mm-hmm. But are you, but are you going to do it? That's, that's the big, I'm going to challenge everybody to do this. After you lay on the roller vertical on your spine, after you've done your clock tower movements and you've relaxed your pecs, then take a five pound weight or a sandbag or something and just watch it. Just, just, you know, with your ocular reflex, just look and just go, okay, I'm going to breathe in through my nose and I'm going to mentally make that weight move up to the ceiling and just practice that for a moment. And then tell yourself, okay, when I exhale through my mouth now, now I'm going to make that weight go as close to my spine as I can. And get used to that first so you can train your breathing patterns. And if you can't, it's okay. You might actually need a little manual assistance. When my client was here recently, I had to actually push on his belly. I had to actually physically push on his belly so he could learn how to breathe because it was really challenging for him to not breathe up and down. That's the best place for us to start, to cue an improper breathing pattern. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for, I mean, I like this, I feel like some of this discussion is required to get people to the starting line Absolutely. where they can get, get the most out of your course and, and be able to, you know, dive into some of these different breath work practices that you share because we've, we, we know that most people are walking around in a state of, of, of sympathetic dominance. I thought it would be fun at the end, you know, as we're kind of wrapping things up, to take them through a little, just give them a tiny taste I'd love of, of, of some of the small changes that, that they yes. could feel, um, through breath work. And especially as they do some of these, you know, some of these practices, if your nose is jammed up, maybe you want to consider balloon sinuplasty, you know, sure. if you've, especially if you've had your, had your nose broken or, or have, have had Marcon's or, you know, nasal issues due to antibiotics and that sort of thing. Um, can I, can I pause you there just for a second? Please. A lot of what you're talking about too stems from jaw clenching. Yeah. So, so multiple clients I've done this with where when they lay on the ground, I'll have them massage their jaw for mm-hmm. a good minute or two mm-hmm. and have them actually like grab their chin and pull their mouth down mm-hmm. and stretch their jaw open. We hold a lot of stress. Um, Perry Nicholson's a really good body worker. He, he does a lot of work on the jaw. We hold so much stress back here. And especially if we're not sleeping enough. And really for a lot of people, Anthony, you were the one that opened my eyes to this. I want to give you credit. A couple of years ago, when we did a podcast, you were telling me about um, uh, the best way to have um, optimal sleep was actually to cut your food three hours before Mm -hmm. you go to bed. Mm -hmm. And that opened up a window in my mind. I was like, okay, let me try that. Man, my jaw was less sore the next day because Mm -hmm. I think when I was eating and then going right to bed, I think I was clenching my mouth just from the thermic effect of food, like stressing my system. Mm-hmm. Also, also a big one is caffeine for people. This is another little nugget. If you have caffeine past noon and, you know, if you do your 23andMe or whatever, have whatever tests or just anecdotally, you can figure it out. Some people like myself are really sensitive to caffeine mm-hmm. and caffeine will increase jaw clenching as well. So why am I saying this? I'm saying this because if we're clenching our jaw, even if we want to breathe, we're not going to really relax the jaw when we're exhaling through the mouth. We're going to kind of go like purse our lips, but we're not going to actually like open the mouth. 
Mm -hmm. in order to have air go out, we have to relax the jaw. So that's, that's a big one to talk Mm -hmm. about too. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I had to mention that real quick. That's huge. It's huge. No, please. Please. And thank you. Um, And you've, you know, you've put in a lot of work on addressing your traumas and working through those so that you're not um, passing these on to the next generation and, and breathwork can be a tool for that as well. But as, as you've kind of mentioned, it's not necessarily something that you, you jump right into, or at least that type of cathartic breath work right. you want to kind of walk before you run. Um, so I, I'd love you to speak a little bit on that for those people that may have experienced, uh, rape, sexual trauma, or even or really any form of, of, of trauma that, that could have put their nervous system into a state of, um, you know, where high alert, where you're, where, where you're, constantly protecting yourself from this perceived threat that happened at some point in your past, you know? So maybe you could walk us through a little bit of that, that path and how you've used breath to work through some of those traumas and, and, and how that's helped you. Sure, man. I was at one point in my life, I was 280 pounds. So I've been across the gamut when you look at the ways of getting out of the body, because the body's not a safe place to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I was bullied a lot in school. I was overweight. I had a lot of anger, a lot of unprocessed rage. My dad left home when I was super young. My mom had a mental condition. So like, you know, I chose some big contrast to come in here and learn from in planet (laughs) earth. Mm -hmm. And, um, so to no surprise, like when I was 280 at about 21, 22 years old, um, I starved myself, I actually starved myself because I just wanted to love myself. And what I realized is that a lot of us are using topical solutions for deeper spiritual problems. Mm. Losing weight is a topical solution. People don't understand this. Like you do not lose weight. And then all of a sudden, like you're happy. I know a lot of people that are, especially in the fitness industry that are um, extremely traumatized, but they don't know it. And you know, um, the best way to know if you're in trauma, you yourself, It's easy for us to see other people that are in trauma because we're outside of them. But the best way to check in with yourself and know that you potentially have some unresolved trauma is if you have looping patterns in your life. Same type of men you attract, same type of women you attract, um, same type of experiences, actually. People that attract injuries over and over again, people that attract illnesses. Um, We do. Sometimes in life, yes, there is the law of chaos where sometimes just crazy things happen and we don't, that's, we don't get to do anything in those moments, Anthony, besides just honor the mystery. You know, we have to honor the mystery because we don't have the answers for everything. But most people that have repeating patterns that show up in their life is because they have unresolved trauma that's asking to be healed. That's, Mm -hmm. That's really at the bottom of it all. And that's the best clue for anyone is to take an inventory and be like, okay, Health, wealth, relationships, spirituality. Is there anything that's been repeating in my life? Just be curious without judgment. Without judgment, just be curious about yourself. Is there anything in one of those categories that continues to repeat? Like for me, it was women, right? Because I had a lot of unprocessed anger towards the feminine. I had a lot of things that um, I never looked at, I never worked through. And so the best way to do that is to first admit that something's repeating that you want to have changed. Two, get curious about what you want to be changed. And then three, um, get the faculties, the teachings, the breathwork practices, the myofascial release, the, there's so many therapies, Anthony, which I know you've talked about on the show, even the way you healed yourself, right. And everything that you've gone through, I I believe it was Lyme disease, correct? 
mm-hmm. that you healed yourself from. Yeah. So you had to, your, your soul, my soul, all of our souls, we all call in healing, but we can't call in healing unless we're unwell. So we have to be unwell to call in the healing. That's part of our, our life journey here. Mm-hmm. So how breath works in this capacity is when you start to breathe, especially especially when you've done the work like we've talked about on this show and even deeper in, in the breathe program, when you've set up your physiology to receive the breath properly, then you can start getting the benefits of the breath. And when you get the benefits of the breath, you might have memories pop up. I have people writing in. And they're telling me they're crying and they don't know why. And I'm like, good. I celebrate the tears, man. Mm-hmm. I celebrate. When people cry, when you cry in a breathwork session or when you have uh, emotions come up, I mean, God, you're welcome. That's why I want to say you're welcome. I just write them back. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Because it's coming out. It's, it's, it's getting out. What's coming is going. So mm-hmm. how the breath goes in there is, and, and you can look at the work of Bruce Lipton. We don't have time to talk about that. But, you know, the biology of belief is real. We have uh, cells that hold memories. We do. That's why when a warrior comes back from war and their arm has been cut off, their body still thinks they have an arm, right? There's a lot of work around this. So the reason I'm giving these examples is because it's really important that people understand the foundations of setting up their physiology and then they can start to get the benefits of this breath. And the benefits are really powerful for healing trauma. Even in the acute and the meditative, trauma can surface, People mm-hmm. might be sitting there and you might have a memory like, oh my God, my brother used to beat me all the time. I really haven't touched that. I really haven't even thought about that because I've been working <laughs> or I've been doing whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Then once you're ready, Anthony, and this is the final chapter here, once you're ready, then you go to the catharsis breathing. And I believe catharsis breathing should only be done with a skilled practitioner. I do not believe that people should go on YouTube and, and do a catharsis breathwork session. I, I, don't, I don't think that's safe. Because whatever comes up, they need that to be held for them properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I, while I was down in Sarasota, I was um, I was getting a vitamin IV and and doing some ozone. And there was a, a man in his sixties triathlete, and he told me a story about doing some Wim Hof style breath work. He would do it every morning. A lot of times, he was doing every it every morning. Uh, just about every morning he was doing it in a pool and during the breath hold, he'd get out, he'd go do a cold shower. Um, he'd jump back in and sometimes even try to swim to the end of the pool while, while still holding his breath. And he almost drowned and died. He, um, he lost consciousness and he woke up with his lungs filled with water at the bottom of the pool and no one was there to help him. And he had to kind of drag himself out. So I'm echoing your recommendation that this, you don't dive straight into cathartic breathing, especially in water. And, um, yeah, it, it, it can be dangerous, you know, and he's, he's still been recovering from that. He's, he developed pneumonia like symptoms and, and Mm. it created a whole new host of health challenges that he's currently working through. Well, dude, your story is perfect timing because we have all become victims of intellectualization. Mm Mm-hmm. Victims of the mind. This guy, he probably had good intentions, right? But he was like, oh, well, if if doing Wim Hof once a week is good, I'm going to do it every day. And if doing it every day is good, I'm going to do it with breath holds in the pool. It's like, mm-hmm. at what point do we just let go of trying to fight the pace of nature? Mm-hmm. Nature is not in a hurry, as I mentioned to you before when we were talking about the vision quest. Mm-hmm. Nowhere does a bee try to go faster than how it was designed to fly. Nowhere. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But we get so caught in our minds. And by the way, it's, it's a little more sinister. Our entire society is designed 
to keep us trapped in our minds so we are constantly able to be controlled. This is not conspiracy theory. It's, it's out in plain sight. Yeah. I'm not a conspiracy. Conspiracy is when it's hidden. All right. There's no conspiracy theory, what I'm talking about. So our society is designed to keep us in the mind. So how do we get out of the mind and out of fear and out of the ancient brain? We come back to the body. We do the box and circle and breath holds, which we're going to do before we leave this interview. And we return to where we live because we're not living where we live. We're living in our mind where we live is in our body. And mm-hmm. that's what we need to like really let ring loud here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before we do this practice, talk a little bit about how the breath levels of oxygen and CO2 impact immunity, creativity, um, some of the other health benefits and why it's, it's so vital for people to explore this practice. And, and, you know, perhaps if they feel inspired by this conversation, go to breathwork.io and pick up your course. Uh, Yes. And, and I did want to make sure that people know, like biohacks is the code because I really, it's already super affordable. I mean, I want this to be like way less than you going out for a night in the town and drinking, which, which really isn't going to help you anyway. So talking about detox, breathing is 70% of how our body cleans itself. The other is defecation and urination, right? Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, thermic heat, like sweating. Big but part man, of weight loss too. Huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. So, so nitric oxide stimulation, it also helps protect ourselves from oxidative stress. You know, you cut an apple in half and it gets brown. That's oxidative stress. So when we do proper breathing, we can enhance our ability to defend against this corrosiveness. Oxygen is corrosive. People forget about this. Oxygen in the wrong environment can corrode things. That's why, um, that's why metal rusts, right? Mm-hmm. So if we want to be less rusty, And if we want to detox properly, then we need to learn how to breathe fully into ourselves. And a big one on this is the breath hold retentions. Breath hold retentions, Anthony, are huge for nitric oxide. When we do the breath hold retention, not only are we increasing our capacity for the nitric oxide, but the nitric oxide has so many benefits. You can just do a quick search on PubMed. Um, I mean, we're talking about cardiovascular performance, anti-aging, so many beautiful benefits of just practicing breathing in through the nose and then holding, doing these breath hold retention practices. So that right there, just like 70% of our detox is breathing. I mean, whoa, that's the lion's share of how your body detoxes. So get good at that. So you can be an effective unit for detoxifying the things that aren't, that aren't of service to your cells. Yeah. And it also trains your body to more efficiently and effectively utilize oxygen. 100%. Yeah, because if, dude, if we're not breathing fully, seeing that dog knows how to breathe, right? <laughs> if we're not, if we're not breathing fully, like an animal does, animals don't have to learn how to breathe. They just breathe. They're not wired for stress like we are. If we can breathe through a diaphragm and through our lungs and, and connecting this loop, really, this loop of awareness, um, we can not only push more oxygen to ourselves, we can also efficiently remove carbon dioxide. And, that, and that's the biggest part. You know, people that really people that are upper cross syndrome, that are kyphotic and forward flexed and they're breathing through their scalenes and their sterno, they're, they're not getting rid of carbon dioxide efficiently either. That carbon dioxide is sitting in their system and it's slowly over the course of time, it's toxifying. Mm-hmm. So when we learn how to breathe properly, like a bellow, like an animal, you can bring in rich oxygen for healing and you can let go of the full dump 
of breath. And that's why in our practice, I'll have everybody do just a little more sip and a little more exhale. So they understand what like a full breath really feels like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's, um, in, unless there's something else that you'd like to share, um, let's, let's walk our listeners through one of your favorite practices, a brief yes. one, you know, one to three minutes or, or even sure. less, whatever you sure. feel is effective and something that you use yourself a lot, but that's also applicable for a beginner. Got it. And again, you're going to get the benefits of this. If you have the foundations, we go over the foundations in the program. Mm -hmm. You're still going to get a benefit here from doing it. So if you're driving, pull over, don't do this while you're driving. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're using machinery, like just be, just be responsible Mm (laughs) y'all just be responsible. Right. First, before you do anything, take three breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the nose, out through the mouth, put both hands on your belly. And I want you to, when you breathe in through your nose, your belly should go out. So just think, okay, I'm going to breathe in through my nose. My belly goes. When I breathe out through my mouth, my belly goes. So let's do three of those. And now on this last breath, imagine there's an elephant on your shoulders. So your shoulders are down and then exhale. Let's just do a couple more actually. A good cue is that there's an ele- elephant on your shoulders, so keep your shoulders down. And we'll just do a few more. So hands on your belly, inhale through your nose. One more. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see that when Anthony and I were breathing, our shoulders weren't going up to our ears and down. Our shoulders were just down. So think of your body as a bellow. Breathe into your kidneys and fill a belly fill a balloon behind your belly. And that's what Mm -hmm. we're going to do when we do these 10, I call clearing breaths. So we're going to do 10 circular clearing breaths. After the 10th circular clearing breath, we're just going to hold at the bottom. We're going to hold for about 20 seconds. And when you hold at the bottom, after we do our 10 circular breaths, I want you to just get like your spine and your belly to be as close as possible. And you're going to get all the air out of your system. All of that carbon dioxide, you're just going to go... So completely empty the lungs. Completely empty the lungs. Pull your belly in if you need to. Take your hands and actually push your belly in. Exit all the air from your system. And at the bottom of that, just be at peace. So 10 circular breaths. And at the bottom of that, just be at peace. And here's where the real freedom comes. After we do our hold, we're going to open our eyes. We're going to breathe in. We're going to breathe in rich through our nose, through our belly. We're going to feel how beautiful it is to take a full, rich breath. And then we're going to let go of any stress that we have throughout the day. So I'll walk everyone through it. All right. So start by just closing your eyes, roll your neck around, relax your jaw, make sure you're in a seated or standing position that feels good. Do a quick scan of your body. Just take a couple clearing breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. Send your next breath to anywhere where there's tension. Now 10 breaths together and I'll count. Inhale through your nose, exhale through your mouth. Every breath is richer. Every exhale more relaxed. (sighs) 
Last inhale. Exhale. Drop your chin to your chest. Let all the air out. Maybe a little hiss. Be at peace with yourself. Relax the back of your neck. If there's any air left, just give it a belly button to spine. Hold for seven more seconds. Now open your eyes, take a rich inhale through your nose, fill your belly. And hold, maybe a smile. See if you can suck in a little bit more air through your nose, another sip through your nose. Feel how extended your belly is. Let go of any shame about your belly. Just let it hang out. Another sip through your nose. Fill your belly completely, open your eyes, and then let it go with a big lion roar audible sound. And just return to your normal breathing. Maybe another deep breath in through your nose or not. So that oh, right great. there, that can just be a pole position you do. 10 conscious connected breaths. On the exhale of your last breath, pull in and just be with your stress. Feel what it's like to be underwater in your own life. Feel what it's like to just be in a moment where you don't know what to do and just surrender and let go. And that's a very micro practice. There's a macro, multiple macro exercises in the breathe program. But that right there is free. You can do it anytime, anywhere. And if you're getting the proper mechanics with your breathing, it's potent. I mean, you do that three, four times in a day, you're going to approach your day totally different, completely mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. So that one practice is really powerful. That's great. I mean, I, I felt... Just in that short period of time, I felt a shift in my physiology and, and, and my mental state as well. I get a little tingly when I do the circular and the hold. Mm -hmm. I get tingly. It feels good. Um, I'm so glad we did that because it, it's like we did a lot of science and we talked a lot about the muscles. And it's really important that people know how to breathe and the benefits of, of doing it. So that's a little bit. There's so much more. But, but just that one tool is so powerful. It's free. You know how to do it now. Thank you for sharing that. And now for, for our listeners who are kind of on the fence and, and deciding if they want to take the next step with you at breathwork.io and, and get the, the biohacks discount, who's your course for, what can they expect? What, um, you know, what is the progression that it, or the journey that it takes them through? It's for anyone that wants to clear their stress by using their breath. That's mm -hmm. it. That's who it's for. Obviously, if you have pulmonary issues, if you've had, um, you know, if you're on an oxygen tank, consult your physician, you know, be smart, you guys, like, if, if you're, if you're looking into breath work, just know that this program is a three week ramp up in 21 days. I absolutely promise you, if you follow the guidance I give you, I have not had one person tell me yet that it didn't work for them. Not one. You can, in your first week, start to understand and integrate. In your second week, you can start to activate all the ways that you can breathe meditatively and, and acutely. And then in the third week of the program, you can really go deeper into these longer meditations and you can start being more engaged by your own breath so you can be less of a victim to your own biology. That's who this program is for. It's for all ages. 
Um, and obviously in the program, we talk about who it's not for. And I'll just share again for people with pulmonary issues or people with COPD, um, people that have trouble breathing, right? Consult your physician. But if you feel good about your breath, it's safe for you and it's meant for you. And it's meant to, to heal what I've healed with myself from my own anxiety and my own depression and my own trauma and stress. Um, this can be a potent medicine, a very, very potent medicine. So please, everyone, give it a shot because what else have you been doing? And if even the little bit we did with Anthony woke you up, there's so much more to wake up to. Beautiful. Well, thank you for making this course, brother. And uh, especially for people that struggle with meditation or want to optimize their immune system yes. or have jobs that require creativity. If you're constantly, if you're stuck in that, in that state of sympathetic dominance, chronic fight, flight, freeze, this course can help you. So go to breathwork.io, uh, dis, uh, discount code biohacks will save you some dough. And, um, Josh Trent, where can people stay up to date with cool things you're working on and yeah. uh, anything else that you'd like to share before we part ways? Wellnessforce.com. You can just go to wellnessforce.com and, and you can sign up for our guide. We have a guide there that'll really help you. Um, it's a six part practice guide. It's free. There's a, a little bit of breath work in there. Um, that's the best place to, to stay informed is just go to the website, sign up for my community newsletter and um, a lot of information to be, to be integrated, to be embodied there. And we take our time, you know, like taking time to pull in the right things and apply them to gather, apply and embody. That's where you can learn how to do that. So just go to wellnessforce.com. Well, thank you, brother. And I appreciate your continued commitment to do the work yourself and to embody the things that you're learning in your own life so that you could, you know, bring that to help others. Anthony, I really appreciate your show and the space you hold. It was like some of the things I've said today, I've never said before. They just made sense. So it's a testament to, to you and your podcast, man. So thanks for having me. Thanks, brother. Guys, one last time, breathwork.io, discount code biohacks. Josh Trent, thank you so much. I enjoyed our conversation and look forward to seeing you in person soon. And I look forward to the birth of your son, Nova. Yes, I'm excited. All the parents out there, you guys, you guys know you got to breathe. <laughs> you got to learn, learn how to breathe properly, all the parents. Thanks, brother. Yeah, man. Thank you. What's up, guys? Anthony here. And one of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like living life with the body you've always wanted and all day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that are holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this now with thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebs, and entrepreneurs is that there is always room for improvement and optimization. So if you're looking for help with this stuff and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, this program is usually full year-round with a waiting list, but we just had a few spots open up. And I wanted to make this available to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So what you want to do if you want to apply is head over to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. Fill out the short application form. And if you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I look forward to potentially going on this journey together.